0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of For My Mat To Yours podcast Hosted by yours truly, Kenya Marsh, Certified Yoga Instructor, and your yoga bestie Previously, I talked about three ways um, you are holding yourself back by staying in your comfort zone And I wanna keep on that topic, but I'm gonna save that for next week. However, today I'm going to shift gears and I wanna talk about parenting. The reason why is because I have two kids and I tell you it is a job that could be so stressful in so many ways and yet rewarding. And I just wanted to share, For all the parents out there that, you know, we can get through this. So I'm going to give you some tips on how to cope with these moments. And I'm excited to share with you on how I'm getting through it. So are you ready? Great. Wow. All I could say is for those who are not parents yet and thinking about it, think long and hard. Um... Because you don't know what you're getting yourself into. It's one thing when you have siblings, but having little minis of your own, it's a whole different ballgame. Right now, I have a 10 year old son and a 12 year old daughter. She's going into that 13 year old stage, and I don't know, it was like somewhere around the summertime is when the shift in attitude occurred. So having being blessed with having one of each make it easier to know. Honestly, raising boys, to me, is much easier than raising girls. I can say this because I have five sisters younger than me. I'm the oldest of five, so I've always had stuck into that motherly role, which prepared me in a sense, but it's still not like having anything of your own. The attitude that comes from 12 and a half to 13 and I know what 16 looks like it is something else I mean every little thing could just offset them in a way it's weird it's so weird and you would think I've been near I've been 13 we all have at some point but I don't remember half of this to the point where I've asked my own parents was I like this as a child? And they were like, no, I was the easiest one of the five. And I guess for me, I always had like that leadership thing. I always wanted, well, I am a control freak. So from young, I've always wanted to control certain things. Yet, I was always helpful and I let people do their things. Just don't bother me. Whereas I noticed with my daughter, if her brother is happy doing something, and he's doing his own thing, she'll go and she'll nag him. And then, if it's the other way around, if she's doing her thing and she's in her room and then he comes and do the same thing she did an hour ago, she is all over him. And it just like, get out, get out, get out, leave me alone type of thing. But then, Two hours would pass and she'll call him back into the room. Look at this. Look at what I made. And it is so interesting in the dynamic to see the two. My son is, it's different with him. But at the same time, I tell them to be comfortable doing their own thing. We always have that time. We all play with each other. But I give them time to get into their creative modes thinking they would appreciate having some time for themselves and it's not they're like two magnets and they're drawn to each other then they complain and bicker the whole time and with her she's extra moody at this point point. and I already know it's gonna amplify even more when it will come her time to transition into that womanhood moment but my gosh so what has helped my husband and I get through this moment um, I would suggest is I definitely could say for me, it's the yoga. If I hadn't practiced yoga as long as I have, where I've learned to be patient, not just with myself, but with all around me, I don't know how it, it would have been a whole different dynamic as far as the upbringing of the kids. So I definitely credit practice yoga, even if you can practice five minutes at a Side when you practice yoga, if you don't even you don't need to do the physical poses. Practice meditation, practice sitting still, and breathing. Oh, those breathing exercises come in handy. They come in handy. If you get a a phone call from the school before you address your child, breathe, please, please, please. Do like a one to five minute breathing exercise. Then you have a clear head on how you want to handle it instead of just snapping because for us as parents my husband and I we wanted to break the cycle that we had we both come from single parent households so our mothers raised us by ourselves we have two different dynamics on how we were brought up but the conclusion we both came up to is we wanted to break that cycle of being forced so we create dialogue with our kids yet we are stern in what we say And when they don't do what they're supposed to do, then I come in and I notice what help is actually bringing up the conversation beyond the why. Because quickly, if you just ask uh, an open-ended question, the answer you're going to get nine times out of ten is, I don't know. And that is a pet peeve of mine. So it's like drilling teeth, pulling this I don't know into something more conducive. And what I do is, in some cases, it gets kind of old. It's like 21 questions game. Ask this and that question. But I get them to thinking, what are you doing right now? Is it going to help you in your situation or not? What are you gonna do to change that pattern? So these, even though they're kids and half of them, which is why we go through it constantly, This is stuff I think they'll appreciate as they get older and the approach that we're taking because I am coming from a side where I want to understand their thought process because obviously they're not using logic when they're doing something like throwing a ball in a house and almost breaking a chandelier or something like that. They're not using logic. They're just looking to do fun. But yet, if we want to send them outside to do that and we've moved into a property where there's ample amount of space for them to do... There's an excuse as to why not to. So then I'll have them think what can they do in their, if they want to be inside the house that won't involve a follow-up conversation as to not doing this or doing that or hearing a name getting called 20 times a day. So try and engaging in those kind of conversation has helped. It doesn't work every day. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't. But that has helped in a sense, keeping us leveled and not off the hinges and for them to understand we're trying to hear them out because I know from a kid's point of view, a lot of them feel that they're not heard as kids because we dismiss them. And actually this year, since I've been doing a lot of reading and from my own perspective, I remember actually feeling that way as a kid. And actually, I really wasn't being heard. It was my way or the highway. That's it what I say, it's golden and it's not, even if it was wrong. And then as an adult now, having that relationship I have with my parents, they admit that they was wrong. But, you know, when ego steps in, that's it. I'm huffing my puff in my chest. That's it. And that is not the approach that I want to have with my kids because it didn't help me become an adult. It didn't. It, it made me feel less than And it's some of the things that I've still been working on. So the last thing and the importance of breaking that cycle that you've had as a kid is to not um, bring up what your childhood was like and expect the kids to have the identical like. In other words, you were brought up one way and you know the effect it had on you. You don't want your kid to spend that much years trying to fix that same feeling. So to shorten that time is take a different approach. I've tried different approach and I'm still trying different approaches. But I'm learning that coming from an understanding and using a clear head before I interact helps. Because that way I could make a logical decision because I don't expect my kids to because they are kids. And sometimes I catch myself because my kids are intelligent. A lot of the kids these days are intelligent because of the technology that's around with them. They know a lot than we give them credit for. And it's a lot and it could be hard growing up in this time. I'm from the 80s. Did not have any of this stuff growing up. So this is a whole different ballgame. So I understand that. So that is something I would recommend if you're a parent going through this with teenagers and all. To keep that in mind. Our kids are going to do some dumb stuff. Constantly. Day in, day out. Every day I expect the unexpected at this point. But at the end of the day, it's always having that conversation. Bring in conversation up giving them a space to talk because if you don't they're going to want to take that from somebody else they're going to want to search that from someone else and I've seen the effects of that from other friends who didn't have that and and the results wasn't really that good because the advice that they get from the outside was not too helpful so keep that in mind um another thing in this day and age being a parent and having these kids is the screen time i know at my daughter's school in middle school they have this show called screenagers and i got the pamphlet i didn't get a chance to go to the school to watch it but i think it's really good and this is something that i will be implementing and i suggest for those who's listening who have kids do this as well if your kid already has a phone I don't know. It might be a little hard, but for me, my kids don't have phones. I grew up fine without a cell phone. I feel that's something they will have to earn and save up for for themselves. We do give them allowance. So if they choose to buy a cell phone, they know what the price is. If they could buy it, then they can have it. That's what we teach them. We teach them to be financially independent and to make financial decisions so they know they're young and their time frame is 16 for both of them so um, my daughter only has four years out to get her first phone and so she understands that it's going to come with however they do have access to their tablets but i had to cut back to making that dress on the weekends being that nowadays With my kids' schools, and I don't know if this is in every school, but they get them laptops to use. So they're already on their screen all day, typing, doing assignments, looking at this video and that for school, and then they come home, do homework on it. So I figured since that is a lot of screen time already for work, you don't need any extra time to use it for entertainment. So their screen time has been limited to the weekend for a certain time frame. The reason why we decided to do that model is because I've seen and I've seen some of even my neighbors, they kids are on these phones all day. And it's not like they are using it for educational value. They're just using it and it's in a sense kind of dumbing them down in certain cases because they say like the silliest things that I don't even know what they're saying. It's not even English. Um, secondly, there already are. A lot of things that is coming up about these blue light and the effects of it, of kids getting headaches because they're constant screen usage that they have. So I taught my kids how to dim the light on the screen. And if some of the programs can go black, we put it black so it eliminates that white light and can cut down on the light that's bouncing off their eyes. But I also encourage them to pick up paper books or take out books from the library, and actually hold a book, build pages, and actually read. Luckily for my kids, since I was reading to them since they were both in my stomach, their passion for reading is second nature. I don't have to tell them to take out library books. They actually take out, they come home with five or six books, and that carries them through to the week. And when I say the books that they take out, their books right now are about minimum 300 pages. The ones that are less than that, they have to read at least five of them during the day. And this is their choice, not even mine. They came up with that idea. I'm happy. But so my suggestion with that is to screen time, cut it out, save it for the weekend for entertainment. If they're doing it in school, they'll thank you later. Because you're helping them. Not only because they're eyesight. Because again. If you're like me. Or older. We didn't have this screen time. So. This is a head start. We have on our kids. And as our. You know. The generations get. Older and older. And younger and younger. They're going to get more and more screen time. And it's going to increase. Even more so than now. I feel. So. To help our kids into adulthood to have still healthy eyes and clear heads is to encourage the creativity side for them away from the electronics have them just draw on a head or have them practice journaling um or you know spark up conversations about a book Read the book that they read so then you can ask some detailed questions and then you can engage and spark conversation as long as you're allowing them to pick what they have. Some of the books that they read may not be your taste, but it would definitely create a a great dialogue to have with your kids. So that way that relationship is still strong between them as you get older. Um... The the thing that I did learn is establishing a contract. So I know when my kids turn 16 and they earn their phones, when they get their first job, um, I do have a contract already written for them. And if you want a copy of the contract that you can have with your kids, and it's pretty much just sunny expectations, even though they paid for it, um, they're under your roof, you still have to come up with these rules. Even or better yet, if you own that and you purchase that phone, and or that phone is added to your monthly plan, so they could buy the phone, but you're paying the monthly bill, then this contract is great because it sets the expectations. If they are leaving any rude comments, or they are saying hurtful things to people, or if they're looking up inappropriate things, well, the fact that you will be randomly doing phone history tracks. Um, and this can go with tablets it doesn't have to go with phones. so that's why I created it now because this is what I use for the kids tablets and granted since they're minors it's not a legal contract but it's something to get them thinking if you can't follow these rules in this contract you lose your privilege no laptop access no phone access it is mine I'm the owner I loan it to you as a bonus but I can pull it away if you can't hold up your side of the bargain so that is my final takeaway for you guys is to establish a relationship with the kids and create boundaries create a guideline for them to follow to you know if you're going to make the contract on your own make it simple wording not too complex but something that you both can come to a common ground and the expectation is set, if they don't follow any of those things, then, then they won't have a reason to come to you complaining that you took it from them. Because they signed a paper, so they know the expectations, so they shouldn't be surprised that they lost access. So there you have it. That's parenting right now for me in 2019. And I wanted to just jump in and share this with you guys because it, it, I had to take... Um, <laughs> an electronic away from one of my kids in this which sparked this whole thing you know what I need to talk about this so I did but um if you have any questions again and you would like a copy of the contract that I have shoot me an email and I'll gladly send it to you because it's time to teach our kids independence but cause and effect there's consequences behind decisions you make and if you can't have a strong word, like if your word has no meaning, no value, then when you become an adult, it's not going to change. So if we can encourage our kids to be more honest with themselves first, and then honest with those around them, and not as hurtful and you know no bullying and, and no getting caught up, that can help a little. And a little can go a long way. So it always starts at home. I believe in that. But it's always good about changing up and breaking the cycle from what you're used to when you was growing up. And instead of repeating that type of pattern, create your own traditions with your kids to raise them to be even better citizens of the world. We owe ourselves that and we owe our kids that. And as we learn, our kids should learn too. No sense to wait until they're adults to try to teach them these life lessons. Teach them now. Because you're not guaranteed to be here all the time. And I tell my kids that all the time. I'm teaching you what I can now that I'm here. Take it. You'll thank me later. I'm rolling up my mat now. And I will talk to you again next week. Have a wonderful weekend.